You're listening to a Countout Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Your Dose of Death. As always, I'm Lauren Rosenberg, and as always, join me, my good dear friend and co-host extraordinaire, Mike Servino. Um, we have a lot to get into today. There, a lot has happened in the world of deathmatch wrestling recently. But before we get into that, I just want to go ahead and promote because it is a very big day this week for the Count Out Network. The Count Out Patreon just got launched literally as of this recording three days ago. So for those of you who have already been donating, we thank you, but you are being moved up to a Patreon tier. But the big news is, is this Count Out Patreon, which has a ton of awesome content for you guys that has already been out. I'll go through the tiers real, real quickly, though. Um, these are really super affordable. Like I'm being really honest and me and Mike both agree. These are really awesome tiers, um, really affordable for everyone. So if you really want to support us, go to Patreon and join the count out pod, um, the support tier, which is just literally $3. Yes. You read that right. $3, $3. is basically a thank you. And the content of the month club, you are a part of that as part of the support tier. Then the kayfabe tier, which is $5, is basically you get exclusive wrestling content, a special sh- uh, show that is literally our boss, Ryan Knightsey, who apparently hasn't seen everything. Um, is a show called Ryan Hasn't Seen Anything, which is, a, um, I believe, a show where literally he's watching matches that he's never seen before. So definitely enjoy that. And you get special access to the Count Out Discord, which... It's pretty awesome. We're looking for more people to join. And then last but not least, the shoot tier, which is you, which you already get everything from the support tier and the kayfabe tier, but you get monthly Jackbox party pack games with the count out family. There is a cantrips and clothesline dungeons and dragons podcast. And um, yeah, you get all the benefits of the kayfabe tier. So again, for 10 bucks, you get a really, really awesome bunch of content oh yeah and um for any of our dungeon and dragons fans um i know a lot of us in the count out network have been looking very forward to it i'm not a dungeons and dragons fan i don't know about you mike but i know there's a whole lot to try it but i don't play it (laughs) i don't play it either but i know um there's a good contingency of the count out network who is super excited for that dungeons and dragons podcast to get going so again count out patreon Three tiers, all under $10, which is really awesome. Um, So definitely hit that up. But enough about that. We got a whole lot to talk about in the world of deathmatch wrestling. Let's get into the the show that literally just happened a few days ago. I was attending. Mike just literally watched it the day day after. after. Um, We are talking about ICW Milwaukee's Insane 8 tournament. One of my favorite times of the year. For a Midwest Deathmatch fan like myself, I only have to take a measly hour drive up to good old Waukesha, Wisconsin, and experience some insane, hot, outdoor glory. 
Um, I got to say, this is only my second insane eight I've attended. And this was just as good as last year's. Um, good field, a good group of eight. Um, if you're, if you missed on who the eight are, um, of course you got the defending insane eight champion, Neil diamond cutter, Mickey knuckles, two time insane eight winner and Orrin Veidt, Satu Jin, who was a last minute replacement for Jeff King. Um, Remington Roar, the Carver, um, who was a replacement for Vic Capri, the ICW Milwaukee alternative champion, Eric Dillinger, and Akira, I believe was the last one I was, I'm not sure if I mentioned it already or not, but that is your eight. Um, this was a good group of eight. Before we get into like specific matches, um, Mike, what was your impression of Insane Eight from a viewing standpoint? Um, it was a different kind of tournament, I think. Uh... It was more of like a Midwest-style brawling tournament. Um, but I enjoyed watching it. There were some ups and downs. And, uh, hmm, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. And I think that – I guess we'll get into this more, but um, it's kind of like a newcomer's tournament, in my opinion, with some new guys. So uh, some stars were established, and I appreciated that. Um, yeah, I think – I mean, I just want to put it out there, and I – no offense, but I don't really keep up with the ICW Milwaukee booking. I don't really, but like when it comes to insane eight, it definitely, I have my eyes peeled out. And I mean, I know for Akira, he, this was his third time in a row being in this tournament uh-huh. and literally was coming off two straight first round losses. Um, yeah. You know, diamond cutter, literally this was his third tournament in a row or invite. This was his fourth Very tournament cool. in a row. Uh, but you also had people like Mickey Knuckles, who was supposed to be in it last year, but got sick. Um, Eric Dillinger, who literally is becoming literally a star before our very eyes in the Midwest scene. Carver, who was a la- really a last week replacement. Satu, who... Last minute replacement. Satu. Really last minute as last minute. God, I had no idea. I just saw him there. I'm like, oh, he must be replacing someone. Um, Remington Roar, who kind of has secretly had this breakout year, which no one seems to talk about. Um, again, it was, it was in a very eclectic eight that had its newcomers, but also had its veterans who have it held different. It was very different. It was very different. Yeah. I mean, mind you, Orrin kind of talked about it later, how 2019 was the most stacked insane. eight. if you go back and yeah. watch it on IWTV, I mean, you had Nick Gage, Matt Tremont, Marcus Crane, all these guys who are like the deathmatch pantheon. And now like it's, it's formed into this newer age. And so, um, yeah, Cologne, Crane, Eric Ryan, Tremont, Schlack, Gage, Dan O'Hare. And, um, Cody Rice. Yeah. By the way, I dearly miss that's a guy in the Midwest who doesn't get enough love. And I know he's, yeah, he was cool. He was cool. So, um, first off the first match of the first round, Eric Dillinger versus Mickey Knuckles. Um, by the way, if any of you saw me there, I was actually holding the, the wand. I had a, my own little phone wand. So I was basically doing Mike's job for an entire afternoon. (laughs) What? Doing some recording for the Kings road page. Yeah. I was doing recording for my own and as well as yours. So, um, I will say Dillinger pops me for the fact he comes out the gangsters paradise. So, I mean, I thought that was pretty, yeah, that was cool. Freaking rad. Um, this was more um, – they had different stiffs. I, I, I kind of forget the stiffs now because it was so hot out, and you're just, like, this trying to 
It says quarterfinal match. Yeah, just quarterfinal. Yeah. But they had different stiffs that they announced. There's um, a, a Doors of Death was uh, or Carver. Carver. Fans, um, this was uh, Fans Bring the Weapons. Was this was fans, fans Bring the Weapons. Um, for a Fans Bring the Weapons, it was all right. But it was a good opener because they worked really well together. Dillinger, for those of you who had never really seen him, he showed off really his athleticism. I mean, the guy was doing um, cannonballs on the outside of the ring. And mind you, this ring is not like a normal ring. This is a very... um, It's very interesting to me. Um, It's like a backyard ring, and that's not an... It's a a very backyard ring. I I agree. Um, But um, Dillinger took a lot of abuse in this match. He was bleeding early and often. Um, Mickey took this super nasty gusset to the chest. I don't know if you saw. It was gross, yeah. It, like, I saw Mickey after the show, and, I mean, the gusset plate marks on her chest were horrid. And she's just standing there sipping on a – they had these spre- – If you, you know Spreckers? It's kind of a Midwest root beer. Uh, no, we don't have that. We have Birch beer. Okay, Birch, but we have Spreckers in the Midwest, and Spreckers made like an exclusive ICW Milwaukee root beer to give to the wrestlers, which was pretty neat. But, um, it was just this was a very brutal opener. I mean, the 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 finish with Dillinger wrapping the barbed wire and doing a cross face was absolutely horrid. Yeah. Um, Dillinger bled a lot. I mean, he wore the perfect attire. He came prepared. He's a smart individual. He had a white shirt on. Hell yeah, dude. Um, I I like this match. This was uh, it was a good way to I open like, the show. I didn't like every quarterfinal match. Uh, I guess uh, preliminary match. To be honest, yeah. I um, mean, there were there were hits and misses. This um, this was a good opener. Um, I liked a good like three of the four prelims to be honest Mickey can take a beating like i will i'm looking at some of the clips i took and um that door that mickey put dillinger through did not want to break for the life of it that and uh you said the (laughs) cannonball on the outside mickey literally took like a fat flat back bump on concrete like her head like it was crazy so shout out to both of them they're they're tough it was a little long 13 minutes but it was 13 minutes. I was wondering if you were keeping time or not. It was, um, no, I have it on a cage match. And okay. Longest of the preliminary matches. Next, we had uh, Carver Orin. versus Oren. Yeah, I wasn't too hot on this one. This was I wasn't one. either. Um, it was Doors of Death. <laughs> Bless me. Um, Bless you. But um, I will say it's um, this wasn't bad. One thing that I will say is Carver does great character work. Carver, especially in this heat, he's very good yeah. at his character work. Um, it's just for him, he's still very new to the death match game. He's not been doing it for a full year. He is the last prince of the death, which is weird to talk about. But um, oh yeah, he is. Okay. He's the last. He's the penultimate prince, is what I've been calling him now. Um. And I mean, Oren was a guy who was literally the finalist of the last ever King of the Death, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, this match kind of got hijacked by the crowd a little bit. I know that like, they're supposed to read the crowd and read the room. 
Well, this match kind of felt victim to reading the crowd a bit too much. Okay. And like, I mean, again, our favorite chance in the world, the over here chance, the over here. Yeah. Like when you're doing that for literally the entire match, it just gets a little bit much. And I mean, like looking back at my clips, like they just didn't really move as much as I thought. I mean, I know Orin has been in the best shape of his career right now. And I know um, Carver's a guy who really needs all the exposure he can get. And he did good. It's just, it wasn't the best match of the quarters. And I mean, it, it, there was a bit of hesitation in some spots. There definitely was a bit of hesitation here. I would say that, yeah, there was hesitation on both ends, but um you know, I'm not. I wasn't too hot on this. I'll be honest. I, I wasn't either. I like, I like Orin. I'm an Orin fan. I don't know much about the cover, but I agree with what you said. I appreciate the character work. Like that. That's cool to see in deathmatch wrestling. So I'm gonna give him props for that. He, he has. He's got a little he, bit of a he, to him. He doesn't have as much experience though in certain situations. He looks like leather. Like a, he doesn't. Leatherface. Leatherface leather yeah. from Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the immediate flashback I get. And again, I think Carver has potential. I mean enough potential that he was the last prince of the death and um again this was a match where really the crowd kind of took over and they need to kind of get through that dude there were multiple times during the tournament like the crowd was yelling stuff and Oren was like all right all right we will like yeah you can't (laughs) i don't care about that you guys just do what you're gonna do not matter as long as we're happy in the end you know exactly like as long as you're putting a good effort in the ring it doesn't matter. Yeah, we, you know, it's um, and I mean, I will say, like Orin's still that um, that Joker driver still pretty dope. Uh, that's one of my favorite finishers, and he does it well. Yeah, he does it uh, well. I will yeah. say, I thought it was awesome that Carver, like after he lost, he put his axe and he started chopping down the door, and yeah. he used a railroad spike too, which I yeah, he used a railroad spike on the Joker driver, like he reversed out of it and started. I will say that the one part that really was weird was the curb stop. That curb uh, stomp was like the lightest. It. I don't know if they botched it. It's just I don't think they were really into the idea of it. Well, it, I mean, yeah, then don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Not to be. But Oren got the win here. I mean, a guy who has been in Insane Eight literally four times now. Um, and he, I mean, he moves on as kind of expected here. Um, it was good. It was supposed to be Vic Capri Oren the rematch. I wanted to see that. I, I know a lot of people did because everyone's like, oh, Vic Capri. And like, this is like the only death match he does a Vic year. Vic the man, bro. And and nobody's talking about him. Well, but... I mean, he doesn't do many death matches. This is like the one. He... That was his first death match he had ever done last year. I love non-death match people coming into death matches. Especially and respecting the art. They respect it. Like jacked as hell, like Cardona. And, and, well, and Capri, Capri had done a whole bunch of car- hardcore matches for Chicago style wrestling. Shout out to Chicago style. Um, with Brew Baker is a guy, and um, they did it, and like he, they like the most deathmatchy part of it would be the skewers. So like he never really played with glass, and he had never really done. But I mean, I guess Capri, he's been dealing with injuries, so he took himself out. But Carver was still a serviceable replacement. Um, so next up, we had Satu Jin versus Remington Roar. I gotta say. This is one of the better matches of the quarters. Yeah. This is- I was really surprised. Because, like, okay, like, 
sometimes you have to accommodate to your opponent. But Remington Roar and Satu did not, they gave zero shits. They were just like, we're going to hulk each other up, do a lot of dangerous shit. And I, I mind you, um, Remington Roar, again, a guy who, as I said earlier, had a nut, has had a nice run in 2022. He has, he's not been into the major promotions as much. But he won the AWR Deathmatch Tournament. He beat Necro Butcher, Necro which still Necro. looks good on any resume. Um, this was a good match. This was a good match. I like this. I, I will say, though, and I'm just going to say this right off the bat, <laughs> um, that glass table spot, I really wish people would stop <laughs> bringing that. I'm so sorry. I'll speak to this because I talked to Remington about it. Um, and he said that they've done it multiple times, which I wasn't aware of. Uh, when well, I I was like, Satsu oh did God. it with Cruel and like Cruel's back got absolutely. No, 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 no. That was like a mistake. Like this. Was- I, that's a mistake. But yeah. still, that was the other time I thought of. So apparently they've done this before and like, I, I guess it worked out. It worked, it worked out, but that was scary because, okay, people, the table broke in half. It's supposed to shatter. So I well, was like, oh the problem, God. the nice part of it was, was like Satsu kind of aimed slightly above Roar, like yeah. from my angle, yeah. like I could see that like it was 50-50, but more like 51-49, like it hit the pole, the corner post than it did. Almost hit. But, but it still worked. But I actually, fun story, I was, I moved back a little bit. You can see me on camera, like with my wand. Mm-hmm. and i took it and when it broke i actually like was still thumbing it and like i brushed off my arm little did i know i actually like got like two really little cuts on my arm from that really yeah i like these as i said they're literally the size of dots like they're like i don't even notice them anymore okay so you got cut a little bit it, it, i got cut a little bit and i'm like I feel bad for anyone else. Who, like it could have been a lot worse, mm-hmm. but it didn't. But I mean, um, they did a, actually a lot of like tube action near me as well. But um, someone brought a popper guitar as well. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And like Roar really wailed him with that like popper guitar. Dude, I'm, I do I'm, too. I do I'm, too. Um, it was cool to see him advance um into the next round and, yeah roar advanced dude you know you people know me you know me lauren and my opinions on things i love like big huge deathmatch guys i think that's awesome I, you know, like I do too. some of my favorites are like cologne who's not who's not that big but i love that like big like uh like brawler deathmatch guy and uh this was just a I'm brawl like, this was just a monster fight remington's huge bro he's been putting in the work he is yeah. he, he's been great and i really appreciate this match i mean i appreciate that they worked within their ability that's what i liked about it because it, it didn't feel like they were trying too much it didn't feel like they're overdoing it they it, it just did what they had to do and it worked and um again Remington, i will say the remington roared the top rope move that he does that splash is a little it's a little sketchy, but I mean, hey, I appreciate the effort that he puts into it. I wish he would put like, I do wish he'd put like tubes or something on top of his opponent yeah. before he did that. So. Yeah, I'm usually not like crazy on Satu Jin, not because I'm not. I just he's a different style than what I really like. Like my bread and butter, I feel like, and yours too is like the Japanese style of deathmatch. Well, he just more of a Southern brawler. 
but I liked this match. No, I, I, I liked it too because it, it didn't feel like he was having to sell or he didn't have to do anything over the top. He just did what he wanted to do. It was just a cool fight. It was just a fight. This is what yeah. both these guys wanted. Yeah, I'm watching the glass table spine. And most of that table actually hit the corner post. Thank and God. Remington, like yeah. the bottom part of it really hit more and more. So, um, yeah, but Remington got the win. He did that spear, which is nice. He, he's got... He, he's got work, but he's definitely on his way. Mm-hmm. Um, then last but not least, of course, we have the last of the first round matchups, Akira versus Neil Diamond Cutter. This was the most 50-50 booked match of the entire tournament. This was awesome. I, I, I did not know how this was going to go, but this was my favorite first round match. I thought Neil and Akira, they work well together. They've done it before. I thought the two of them just went out there and put on a good match. And I I mean, Akira is improving. He has improved so much since when we first really got introduced to him at No Holds Bar Volume 2. Like, the growth has been incredible. Uh, Um, Yeah, he looks like a a contender now. He does. And I mean, mind you... um, He's a young boy, you know. So mind you... Um, little story for everybody. So no holds barred in sh- last time in Chicago. This was right after this is the day after Akira was announced to be an insane eight after being Neil Diamond Cutter for a qualifier spot at ICW Milwaukee. And me and Akira had this joke because he had lost the first time he was an insane age, Jeff King. Then he had lost again to Cologne, which I was at. Mm-hmm. And I told him, like, you're going to be an insane eight again. And he's like, I'm going to lose again. I don't know. He was kind of a down in it. Like, we're laughing about it. And I'm like, and as the days went by and it got closer and Akira was on Facebook, like, telling Ice to Milwaukee, like, I want to be in this. This is a tournament I've always wanted to win. I don't care about King of the Death. Insane eight was the tournament I've always wanted to win. I can attest to that. Yeah. I, and, I went to Akira that said the same thing. Why aren't you in King of the Death? And he was like, I just want to do Insane Eight. Yeah, like Insane Eight to him was the tournament he grew up on. Yeah. Um, so it was awesome to see that he he's really putting the effort in. I mean, there was a great spot early in this match where Neil did like the headbutt tube shots and he didn't get it down the first time. And he just yells, damn it. Like I have it on oh, yeah, video. It's hilarious. Awesome. He's like, damn it. It was the That's funniest thing in the world. Remember he's calling Mercer. Big gorilla. No, that was at Planet Death, I think. Yeah, Planet Death. Yeah, Planet Death. He was like, "Yo, come here, you big gorilla." Yeah, Neil's awesome. Neil is great, and this was just this is a match that got progressively better as the match went on. How 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 long was this match? This was twelve minutes and thirty three seconds, but it did not. It felt longer. It felt longer than twelve minutes. Easy to watch. They did a lot in twelve minutes, and I mean, I was in a corner, so I didn't really have the best angle for some of the match. Um. There was one spot that was and I did get where Neil got thrown into a corner where there was a chair lodged in the bottom rope. I saw that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, of course, I got the angle, but like it's the corner that there's like the ladder on the right side, and then there's open air on the left. And I'm like, this ladder is just messing with me. Yeah. They didn't even use the ladder. No. Instead of a ladder on the corner, I'm like, that's a thing. That's kind of a gripe of mine. I'm not trying to be too mean when I say this, but like, if you're gonna use weapons like a ladder or whatever, like use it. Well, I don't. We're not saying that you gotta use everything, but don't. No, but like, if you're gonna sub something big like a ladder, 
Well, don't bring it out then. Yeah, don't bring it out. Like, especially yeah. for someone like me who's trying to take clips and trying to take photos, and there's just this ladder blocking my way for literally half the match. Dude, you know what I just thought of, and this is such a good point, and nobody's ever brought this up, so we're going to be the first ones to bring it up. Why at every deathmatch tournament they'll have these stipulations, right? And they come out, and the ring and the, and the fixtures and the glass, everything's already set up, so the match goes so much better. When there's just normal death matches on a show, it's like, oh, let's just bring some tubes and stuff to the ring. Yeah, I agree. And it ruins it. This like this like set, like have an idea of the stip you want and have and just set, set it up. up. Every GCW death match that's had setups before has been killer. Yeah, and like when they set one, it up and when you have an idea of what you want, Cardona they're good. And Gage. Uh, I will say, Radrick Oren had a good setup too. They set that one up. They set up um, Nick Gage versus Cardona. Mm-hmm. Uh, they set up Mox versus Nick Gage. They did that one really well. Uh, obviously, Cage of Survival. And yeah, Cage of Survival. The, the tag team death match was good too. That was amazing. That didn't really have a setup, but that was just that well. Was it had the twos on the corners though. It's the, you don't have to like go under the ring and like drag them out exactly i like outside uh, uh, fixtures too i do too but like the way this was set up it was kind of lazy like they're just sitting up on the corners we'll talk about later with certain matches that really really fell victim to just stiffs falling over because of a bump um but no um one part of this was so they brought these two kick pads one was the thumbtacks and one was the poppers and Akira used both. He is a Akira does some very interesting things that I've not seen him do before, which makes me realize the evolution of Akira is just getting better. Like he did a rear naked choke with the thumbtack kick pad and put it on Neil, and like he was like trying to get him to tap out with the thumbtacks, or like doing like they had that series of moves where like Neil missed, but then like Akira had the the kick pad with the poppers and like did the kicks on it and it was yeah, really that awesome was that, i didn't even know he had that on and then it was like bam and i was like oh that was yeah cool. and um also neil had those two um those crown royal bats with all the legos yep um also neil i'm, I'm watching this clip right now actually funny enough it's like shout out to neil for doing that um for doing dustin Rhodes finish the final curtain call yeah the curtain call he did the the twisting suplex yeah, which great. i thought was awesome neil was like, is so good uh, he's a great. He's always wrestler. been great. He's the he's original prince of the death. He he yep. stood he has stood the test of time for a guy who many forgot about until 2020. And who really on paper shouldn't be good. Like he's smaller than everyone. Uh, he you know is a little bit older, but he kills it. And he just re- just remember, folks, man. if you want a little deathmatch trivia to tell your friends that for that prince of the death match was Marcus Craniel Diamond Cutter. But Neil, Neil faced John Moxley, who infamously came out seeing Sweet Caroline under the influence of alcohol. So if you ever want a good party trick about John Moxley, there you go. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, no, this was a very 50-50 match and Akira came out with the win. So we, will, we did not have a repeat Insane 8 winner. So Orin Vite is still the only is the last repeat winner of insane eight. Um, but um, I got this great photo of Akira pointing to my camera, actually, when he won. I actually held on to his stuff for the first and second round. are you sending me these? When are you sending me these? I, I'll be sending you them soon, guys. Don't worry. And you got to do it through 
hex, I think that's the best quality. Unless you have, that, you have an Android, so I don't know about that. Yeah, Instagram is probably better quality, honestly. Yeah, hit or miss, like it like compresses it. Um, yeah, people always send so, on Instagram, I'm like, text it to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, but pretty much um, the, then the semis hit, and we had Orin Vite versus Remington Roar. This was another one where the fans kind of hijacked because Orin's the crowd favorite. He's the guy who was the ICW and Roar's trying to do his stuff here. And like they're chaining over here and Orin's like kind of like bickering with the fans. Yeah, that kills the mood. It just, I, I get the fans come for the violence and I get they want to do that. And this was like a barbed wire madness match. This was I'm not the mad at the fans for that because, like, dude, I yell stuff too. You know, we do too, but like, focus that, on the match. But focus on the match. Like, focus on the, what's happening in the ring. Yeah. And it just kind of takes away from it. I don't. And like I mean, back and forth. Orn was Orn was better in this match, though. Orn was definitely better in this match. He showed more of his athleticism well, yeah, in this he had match. A, he had more of an agile opponent. So. Exactly, but like. This was the match I kind of expected more out of him in the first round. This was pretty good. And it was pretty good. I mean, Roar worked him well. Like, they did, um, the like, Roar went through that barbed wire door pretty well. Took some nasty tube shots. I'm looking through here. And Orin um, did, like, the foot stomp to the back with the tubes. Um, And also... Um, I will say it was pretty impressive. Or was able to lift him up for the total anarchy, the twisting neck breaker with, and then like, I'll send you this one or actually like he put him up on the ropes and then he like, he dragged with his feet, the tubes to get them in right in place for the neck breaker. It was pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the most impressive things I had seen all day. Yeah. I'm like, that takes focus and concentration. <laughs> How hot was it out there? It seemed like so it was it was a good 80, it was like 85, 80, That's 85 degrees. That's not that bad. But it's the humidity. Okay. You have to take in the humidity. It's not like, like 90s. Like I couldn't even imagine doing that, bro. I'd freak I, I mean, it was hot last year too. I've been doing it twice. So Orin went on and successfully, but I mean, again, I tip my hat to Remington Roar for good two solid matches. Um Great oh, guy. Yeah, um, let's bring him a GC dub. Bring him just anywhere. Not even just like just bring him anywhere. I think he's definitely yeah. worth the booking. He's um, got the look, man. He's big. He's strong. He's got the hair. He looks like a beast. So um then we have ourselves the other semifinals match, which was a TV dinner and glass death match, this which is unique as fuck. Th- they had these TV, these flat screens. They had these the towers, the Tokyo Tap. Well, not even Tokyo Towers. They're just yeah. long tubes. Um, Akira, Eric Dillinger. I got to say, Dillinger. Oh. So when he came out, I don't know if you recognize this on camera, but like his blood, had, it, it turned black yeah, on his yeah. face. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my. I literally was like to the person next to me, like, oh, my God. Like he bleed profusely. Um, but he came out, he showed off that alternative belt, which is a nice looking belt, by the way. Yeah. Um, which was defended. No, it was not defended. No, it was defended historically. Another fact, 
uh, Nate Webb, Marcus Crane. Yes. Oh, that. Yes, you're all right. Okay, that is a good trivia. 100 point. degrees. Uh, yep. In Chicago. Yeah. Okay, that was true. Yeah, no, but um, he did not defend. Dillinger did not defend during the tournament, which I kind of wish he did. Um, but um, Akir came out. It was like, yeah, I'm just going straight into this. And literally not even a minute in through that huge bundle, right? Dillinger pelted him in the face and then suplexed him onto the TV. Those TVs broke. They were broke. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, they were nasty. But the big gripe I had with this match is they put the towers. They did not. They should have kind of put the towers in the corners of TVs weren't already planted. Instead of putting them on the outside because this ring was not very sturdy. So if one of them hit a corner, those tower, one of the tower fell and it broke. So that's just one less thing you can use. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, they're neat. I, I know you don't want to litter the ring with stips, but like, if you're going to put those big things on the, like near the ring, I'd put them in the ring. Don't put them outside, especially with a um, ring like that. It's just kind of, it took away because then it broke and everyone was like, oh, it's just one less The only other time I've seen that happen was um, Tremont versus Gage and how they taped the tubes. Uh, That's the- what I was yeah. – no one had tape. Where's the tape? You like there bring, was Everybody um, bring tape to deathmatch shows. Bring athletic duct tape and electrical tape because we get cut. Well, there was one door during the Doors of Death match. That like they, it's the crew set up and they had no idea how poorly set up this was. They had like so many thumbtacks, like almost all the thumbtacks fell off. I don't know how they set it up, but like it just like slipped off. And we're all like, who set this up? Like you just super glue the entire door. <laughs> it was it was bad. It just they yeah. all fell off. And it was just not good, but um just enough about that. But uh, um, Akira was creative here as well. A lot, a lot of glass in this match. This was a stupid amount of glass for a semifinal match, mind you. This isn't even the finals yet. And um, there was an awesome moment. Akira did that armbar on the ropes. That was awesome. And, and, and then grabbed the tube and busted over Dillinger. Dillinger was a little winded after that, but he recovered. But boy... Again, Akira just showing his creativity. Um, but yeah, it, 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 this was a very unique match. Um, both Akira and Dillinger brought it. Um, you know, okay, the spot I'm talking about, when Akira on the outside threw Dillinger into that one tower and the other tower fell over. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was That was the part I'm like, this is there. This has got to be better set up. It just it just came out silly. Like so when the tower fell into the. It was in the and it's it's falling into concrete. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna yeah, break. Pop those up, especially with the gear. I was bouncing off the ropes and stuff. Well, Dillinger was the one bouncing off the corner. Dude, um, despite that though, I feel like this. I feel like Akira. He he's still improving. He, he is. Yeah becoming very good and unique at incorporating the weapons into the moves he doesn't feel out of place as much anymore i know that was the biggest issue a lot of people had no he's not i don't think he's out of place i think that he's like becoming 
you know, developing that unique, like, let's well, incorporate the weapon no, the move. Well, yeah, I know that. But I know there was other critics who kind of were like, oh, he feels out of place here and there. He's trying too much. And I'm like, this, well, well I'm just saying with, the, yeah, with yeah. his improvement, it seems like he really knows what he's doing. Like, he knows what he's doing. It doesn't feel like there's any hesitation. He, like, he's evolving very well. I don't really feel that anymore. So I don't feel that anymore either. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. and but Eric Dillinger got the win on a roll up. That was kind of his thing in the yeah. in the semi. And we'll talk about the final, but that roll up kind of benefited Eric Dillinger a little bit. Um, so, but then we have the finals, which was very aptly named Ultimate Insanity. Basically, everything that had not been used was used um, in this match. Barbed wire trampoline, scaffold. So um, it says the title was vacant. Is that because uh, Neil lost? In the- well, yeah, because Neil lost, and it's just the insane winner, which is now we'll get to in a bit. Um, but Orrin Vite, Eric Dillinger. Um, I got to say, I wasn't expecting the barbed wire trampoline to be used the way it was. I'm just going to be uh, flat out honest. Yeah. I thought maybe they would do something off the scaffold onto the barbed wire, but then I realized maybe with both of them doing that, it would probably be a lot worse. So, and also they planted a chair on top, like on Orn yeah. was playing I mean, on top I'm of a chair. I know I'm not going to fault him, but it just kind of came off a little weird. They killed it last year. Last year they killed. Yeah, no, that, that Barbara trampoline last year um, was very interesting. But again, though, um, fun fact about this match, and I'll send you the clip and literally you can hear me in somewhat pain. Um, the first series, so Dylan tried a barbed wire bat, then Orrin had like a three-piece of like two baking sheets and a popper bat. And little did I know that Orrin would literally wail that bat and a rogue popper went directly at me. And literally, I'm lucky that I didn't get any marks or anything, but it did pop literally like right next to my hip. Okay. And, and it like the popping sensation definitely hurt for like a couple seconds. It was not pleasant. Well, dude. Um... So just saying the, the, the dangers of film taking at a deathmatch show. Oh, yeah, man. I uh, at a Murdoch's uh, show, I stood behind uh, a popper bag that Casanova crashed into. Oh, God. I way too close. And I know exactly what you're talking about. It exploded in my face and I like accidentally inhaled the smoke. So I was like, oh, the sulfur. Oh, you got the sulfur right in you. Yup, and Casanova's head went right into my crotch, just like full force. <laughs> I, was like, oh. I was just like, yeah. Uh. Oh God, we can laugh. We feel the pain then, but now we can laugh about it later. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, or like wailed that popper bat, and it just literally you can see it on camera, like come my way. Yeah, and I'm just like, ah. Oh. Makes it fun though, but dude, this um, this files was wild. Uh, yeah, they had so many weapons. It went 20 minutes. And they yeah, used those most 20 of the minutes. Weapons. They used everything. It, it was ultimate insanity. They said, they kept saying, like, yeah, we're going to try to use everything. And I mean, again, wish it was better set up. But at this point, they're just like, we're just going to use everything. There's one point where Dillinger was in the corner and he was, he put his arms and like two of the towers fell over and one hit the, the wine rack. 
And so they had to like take out some tubes. And I was just like, this is so poorly set up. It's not even funny anymore. But you gotta anticipate that, you know. But um Oren whaled Dillinger like into that pane of glass in the corner, like flapjacked him. And Dillinger, he flew like a couple feet in the air. Like I was like, this is like gotta be the slowest, most painful glass bump I've ever was seen. Is that the uh circular tube thing? No, it was not the circular, it was the it was the rectangular one. Okay. But then there was, of course, the um the freaking wine rack when Dillinger was on the yeah. top rope. And then I have yeah, a great, that, because I mean, in that corner, there was no tarp. There was just concrete. Yeah. Well, the tarp really helped. Her take it and I mean, they put like a, a little thing under the wine rack, but like, even that's not going to save you from Dude, the sheer people, pain. People think that we're sadists. Like I wouldn't mind if they put a little like pad on it. I don't care. Like that's fine with me. Like, yeah, yeah. No, but this, this, Eric Dillinger took so much damage this entire tournament. It was he stupid. Great, dude. And he, he kept his athleticism up throughout the whole show. And I thought he was um, a solid, solid uh, technical wrestler as well. Yeah. He, a big fan. I didn't know much about him, but I, I like him. A lot. I had heard of I had heard of him because I had been keeping up with ICW social media, uh, Milwaukee social medias. And he had won the belt, but I had known he was going to be an insane aid. So they literally announced him for insane aid, then put the alternative belt on him. And then he started kind of getting booked for shows. Um, so I was like, oh, like, he seems interesting. I know he's from Detroit. He had done, I believe he's done a horror slam, if, if not already. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, there was some real ballsy um, stuff here. And Dillinger, of course, with the big um, frog splash onto the, table from the scaffold was pretty nutty um that was um that was something else i was like shit dude like please be safe but he is he's he's got he's got the dog in him he's got the dog in him as yeah then said um this was was a glass laden insane the end of this match as i said like they started really wailing on the glass they brought those towers. They were just chucking them at each other. Yeah, it was great. And um, they also brought out a recurring stiff, the um, cut can gusset plate two board that they did the assault driver on. And I'm like, oh, Lord, please, please, please go through it well. And Orrin pointed this out. But Dillinger is the first man in five years since Oren used that move to kick out of that move. No, no one has kicked. That is pure thoroughbred storytelling to the core. To oh, and continuity, no one kicked out of that assault driver except Eric Dillinger. All right, that's impressive. He put him over big. He put him over huge, and I'll get to that because Eric Dillinger went on a roll up. That one, two, three. Oren did a. Orin did a um, the backbreaker and rolled him up, and then like Eric just did a nice crucifix pin for the one, two, three, bada bing, bada boom. Eric Dillinger is your ICW Insane Eight champion for twenty twenty two. Um, I don't know if they aired this or not on fight, but Orin did a promo, and to give a synopsis, he was like twenty eighteen. I won my first Insane 8. 2019, the most loaded Insane 8 ever. I won it. 
2020 fell short. 2021 fell short. 2022 fell short. But if there's anybody that I believe can do what I did, it'd be you. And then after that, Dis actually came out and announced the rematch with these two at they're running back at La Pica Lounge, if you remember 2016. Yeah, I know. Yeah, of course. Mark. So they're they're in a one night only at La Pica Lounge or invite Eric Dillinger the main event, the rematch of the Insane Eight Finals. And um that is I didn't expect them to actually like pull off <laughs> kind of some storytelling ploy, but um just some great stuff to be had with those two. And yeah, I mean, Eric Dillinger balls to the wall, star making performance. Um, had no idea he was a real rapid leader, but boy, was he on fire this yeah. entire tournament. Now he's got two belts to prove his worth in the Midwest. So, I mean, guy like him, do not sleep on him anymore. I hope people do not sleep on him. Um, he really showed up. And I mean, he was my MVP of the tournament, but like Orn as well, he, he, yeah, he works well with everybody. Neil and Akira had a great match. Mickey, great one match. Uh, everyone really contributed their own way to this yeah, tournament. Very unique. So um, that is all for Insane A. Are I mean, you keep talking for a second. I have to use the restroom really quickly. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, so that is all for the Insane 8 recap. Yeah, it was a good tournament. Definitely check it out on Fight TV. Also, big shout out to Dan Perch, who was doing commentary for that. Dan Perch, literally, really local ref. You might have seen him on GCW shows refing. Literally one of my favorite people in the entire world. Um, great guy. And uh, ICW Milwaukee is kind of a local promotion for him. So he got to take his um, chance at doing commentary after ring announcing Insane 8 last year. And um, him and Neil Diamond Cutter did a great job uh, when Neil did the semis and then the finals, um, from what I've heard. So um, hope I can uh, hope you guys do um, appreciate the commentary for that. Um, next up, though, um, just want to go on to another tournament that's going to be happening very soon, August twenty seventh. Probably will be airing in the states by September. Then, um, Deathmatch Done Under presents Dream Two. The second iteration. Um, this is a 13 person tournament from the eight that they did. Um, I talked to Joel Bateman about why the uptick in entrance. And he said there was a bunch of people from New Zealand that he won on the show. Okay. And that he said they he couldn't really say no to after their performances because um there's Heathen Combat in New Zealand that's a death, their deathmatch promotion and they do some really awesome stuff. So there were guys on Heathen Combat that he thought deserved the spot. So I'm going to run through the list, though. Of, um, I'll first go over the big international um, pickup. Jimmy Lloyd is coming over to Australia. Yeah, Jimmy Lloyd is coming over representing VXS, just so those of you are aware. Um, but going over the rest of the um, entrance, we got Vixen is making a return. Callum Butchers, of course going to be in it. Is he going to defend the Australian Deathmatch Championship? Maybe. Joel Bateman is returning. Mad Dog is returning. Um, that is uh, York is returning after he won the triple threat qualifier. Um, yes. Um, but I will say the other guys who were in that match also got spots. 
Um, so then those are the returning. No Guido. No Guido. Um, no Guido. But um, Matt, uh, so we got Michelle K. Hasluck, who's making her debut. Um, Jordan Sanson is making his debut. Cammy Crawford, many of you knew him as Atlas Whitaker. He went through a gimmick change. Um, Will Walker, who I definitely am keeping my eye on in this tournament, he really has shown up. Um, Damian Rivers, who is the newest member of the anti-deathmatch party in this tournament. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. And, of course, Vic Craig, shout out to Vic Craig, is in that last spot. So that is your 13-person dream deathmatch tournament. Again, you have some debuts. You have the big international get in Jimmy fucking Lloyd. Um, you have some um, barriers being broken. Um, this is really going to be a very interesting tournament. And you have a good mix of new and old. That's the thing that I like about this tournament. I mean, you have your guys like Joel, Vixen, Mad Dog, Callan, who've been here before. But now you add in like a Jordan Sanson, who I had no ideas even done death matches. Um, Xavier Black, who was in, also in that triple threat with York to qualify for Dream. Um, and I mean, Vic Craig as well has been very impressive from what I've seen with him in DMD. When did the qualifiers happen at the. It, well, it, was, it wasn't a qualifier. It was just this match was the only qualifier. It was York, Xavier Black, and I believe Jordan Sampson was the three. I'm going and with the, York. Um, York won, but then um, Callan Butcher's partner, Aaron Dick, who works for DMDU, was like, let's put all three of you in this tournament. You all did really well. Okay. So that's what happened there. Uh, yeah, man. Last, I mean, that sounds like a great card. More people. Last, year, last year's was a to... great tournament. One of the best tournaments of the year, in my opinion. I well, really enjoyed last that. year. I think that this was the most professionally done uh, deathmatch tournament, like uh, in terms of a viewing experience. Uh, it was so well done. So I'm very I'm well done. And, and, and uh, America, we've got our boy Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. I, I'm happy to see Jimmy in this. I hope he enjoys Australia. Um, but I also want to announce that I will be sponsoring Dream again. Certainly, oh. um, we will be sponsoring Dream. Yeah. Um, I was going to say. Born, you, baby. This, this is my brainchild, but you're as much part of the brainchild as Thank you. I, I am. You. So, but yeah, we are both technically sponsoring Dream. Um, so I'm really excited to be doing it again. Last year, they, I had an entire piece of the canvas that was dedicated a year to death. I don't know what Joel has gotten sore for me this year, but um, thank you to Joel and to everyone at DMDU for all the hospitality. You guys have been nothing but great to me. And um Hope to see some of you soon here in the States. So, again, Dream, August 27th. Hopefully, with that timeline, gives you a rough idea when it will be on IWTs. So, probably beginning of September. So, keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, next up, the oh, um, I also want to go over No Holds Bard because No Holds Bard is the other one that I'm sponsoring, uh, that we okay. are sponsoring. And the Chicago card is coming up August 20th. Um, the double head for everybody. Um, the double header. Want me to read this one out? Yeah, go ahead, dude. All right. Yes. Yeah, so, as Lauren stated, sponsoring um, this one, ICW No Holds Barred, volume thirty-one from Summit, Illinois, Summit Park District, and uh, the card is pretty much set for the mm-hmm. 
first show, we don't know much about. Well, the first show is going to be Ultraviolet Vortex. Okay. So we don't know much about that, but the you know your bread and butter, your your volume thirty one, we have the following: Sadika versus Hoodfoot, Danny DeMonto versus Tommy Vendetta, accompanied by Darren McCarty, Eric Ryan versus Akira, Neil Diamond Cutter versus the Carver, the pr- the two the two princes of the death. Yep. The OG the Prince Bev versus the penultimate Prince. First Leather Daddy Dale Patrick. <laughs> Black, Ruben Steele. Good to see Ruben back. And uh, Murdoch versus Cruel. And then, of course, what just got announced. Did you announce Akira Eric just got announced today? Okay, yeah, that's on here. Akira um, Eric Ryan just got announced today as the last match of oh, that dude. show. I'm pumped for Sadiko and Hoodfoot, dude. Uh, I'm hoping that Sadika knows how to work with Hoodfoot's style because, again... Sadiq has been hit or miss in the States. I mean, it's just, there's, there. Maybe surprise you, Lauren. I think you're going to like this one. No, I, I hope I do. I want to like this one. It's just, again, I, Cruel has taken all the hype of Mystique that Sadika once had in the States. Like, Cruel has taken advantage of the fact that there's so much Mystique around him that, like, anything he does has my attention. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. And Sadika used to have the mystique because all the stuff she did in Zona 23, all the stuff she did in Mexico was so out of the ordinary. It was wild. But now that like it's been, she's been in the States a good amount of times that we've seen her, and there have been some very um, questionable spots with her, to say the least. Now it's like, well, what can Sadika offer? And I'm hoping that this matchup with Hoodfoot is a new offer. She can offer a freaking brutal, crazy. She can, she can. Oh. and I mean, but also she's hurting people, so there's always the concern that is she gonna hurt Hoodfoot? Oh, Hoodfoot's gonna. We'll I, I hope, I hope not. I, I, I am optimistic, but at the same time, with what has happened in the past with Sadika, you're just there's always the thought in the back of your head. Um, that's, the, that's the mystique of this whole thing. Is someone gonna mm-hmm. die? And that's <laughs> true, I'm telling you, yeah. And I saw her live. I, I don't know if you have. But I saw her in person. No, you saw her at Planet Death. When and I, I was like, that oh, was uh, that wasn't that great. But that was it. Was still wild to see. It was so wild to see Sadika. Like I want to see her, but at the same time, like I'm more excited for Ruben Steele taking a freaking Midwest booking because he's great. I I have been begging Midwest Deathmatch promoters to get Ruben Steele in for a show, wow. and finally, Dan Demato makes my wish because I think heavy metal Ruben Steele. I hate that he was injured for so long. He was great. Him and Neil Diamond Cutter at um in Texas was really good. Uh-huh. And I mean, Ruben's a guy who just he brings it. And I mean, he's coming back to ICW, and of course, he gets Schlack his first first run through with ICW again. So that's gonna be real awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna be sponsoring both the Ultraviolet Vortex. Um, hopefully, we see some new faces in the fold. I'm hoping it's not just my big concern with the whole show being announced, that card being announced first, and then Ultraviolet Vortex, there's nothing being announced. I hope we don't just get the same people being shuffled in in different matches. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's that's the concern I have, but I'm hoping not. I'm hoping that's not the case. So um, I know you want to talk about XPW. You got the card yeah. on lock there. I, I, I've been enjoying XPW a lot. I, I think it's uh, I think it's awesome. So I'm pumped for this show. Unfortunately, 
running the same uh, day as as homecoming. Oh so, yeah, it is. Um, we're gonna have to pick and choose which. To, I'll be I'll be at homecoming, so I'll I'll, I'll catch it on pay per view. But yeah, um, night of reckoning. We have I believe it's a death match between Bo Cooper and Dirty Ronald McDonald. Well, uh, we have Dirty Ron. Dirty Ron. He's he's oh lord he's uncancelable because XPW is uh, uncancelable. So he, he's on okay, there. Rob. <laughs> that's that's their look. That's their motto. I, I, I know. I just I'm like, okay, Rob. Uh, we got Hubentu Guerrero versus TJP. Uh, Juice making his XPW comeback. Go Juice. Go Juice. Uh, this one's interesting. I think that uh, probably our favorite match on the card. Mickey Knuckles versus Sage Sins. That's my, yeah, that's the one I'd look forward to. That's dope. Um, we have a King of the Death match title match. A Falls Count Anywhere, Anything Goes. Black versus one of my all-time Necro. Necro Butcher. And this is, this is going to be so sick because they fought at the first edition of No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred. And Schlack, I, I think he, he took to social media and expressed that he was like, you know, upset about it because it was when Necro was, uh, you know, battling cancer. So it wasn't well, a really healthy Necro. And now he has the beast back who's like big, put on the good weight, and uh, he's knocking dudes out. <laughs> I just laugh at this because I think about that first match and how Necro looks like a legit ghost. And like I had heard murmurs. Out. I had heard murmurs of the, the cancer battle, but I'm just saying they're like, why is Necro doing this match? Because I was so concerned out of my mind for Necro. He looked horrible back then. Some of these guys, this is this is their life. I know, I know. Just, oh man. Yeah. And I I just remember that whole passing the torch, and I know Schlack was not high about it, but I'm just like, oh. well, so I'm hoping, this is, I'm hoping yeah. this is better. I'm hoping this is better. We got a women's title match, Taya Valkyrie, who has been uh Taya's great. Getting pretty hardcore as of lately versus Jody Threat. Uh Good Jody, yeah. really? Wow. Yeah, main event, uh, women's match. Um, and then we have uh, also the world title match. Um, Brian With Cage, Masada. Cage and Willie Mack. Yeah, so let's go Brigham. Let's go Masada. Let's go Masada. Let's go Man, Brigham. that is such a bizarre matchup to me. I don't know. It is bizarre because it was originally Cage versus Masada. Yeah, it was then Masada like, enter, or Willie Mack enter the fray. I'm like, what? I'm sure like something else will maybe get announced, but that that's it so far. And that'll be um, Saturday, homecoming night one. Night yeah. One, so. Homecoming night one looks good though. I gotta say, I'm happy Los Macizo's got the tag belts. Well, I mean, that. And then them versus Briscoe's. That's like, that's the dream match to me right there. We had a few death match. We had a, you know, a hardcore and two death matches on this. Dream uh, on Murdoch. Dream on Murdoch. No, no. The people, the, uh, people versus Jesus. Oh Jesus. yeah, yeah, Which, yeah. Uh, I guess set up what you're talking about at homecoming. We had a crazy uh, about a thousand people in attendance for this star. Huge, show. huge show um, at the Nashville Fairgrounds uh, last week. And um, as of last week, we had a title change, ladies and gentlemen. We had two uh, title changes. Two title changes. We had Cole Radrick, Raddy Daddy, Go Cole, uh, winning the Extreme Title. He defeated AJ Gray, Axon Ray, Grim Reefer, Marco, and Shane Mercer. We also good. had a tag team title three way death match. Title that was team. good. This was awesome. It, it was good. It went a little long, but I'm fine with it. Bro, they, I, I liked it because they went all out. I love when Bussy goes all out like this. So they but use all the glass. And give, I want to give my respects to Bussy because they, don't they only had they had the belts for what 111 days, 170. Or maybe it was 111, yeah. It was 111 or something like that. 
And they did a hell of a job with those tag belts. I think people were a little upset because, oh, they beat the Briscoes for it. and They went everywhere and defended it. They they went everywhere and defended it. JCW. They defended it out west. Uh, They brought those belts to freaking freelance. I'm just going to say that. They brought them to freelance. It was awesome. So, But uh, Miedo and Ciclope defeated Bussy and the second gear crew. Which, uh, plenty of glass, plenty of spots, so check that match out. Um, the, again, I've been saying this since they've come back. I'm really excited for a new generation of independent wrestling fans to get to know those two. Like, me and you and, like, other GCW fans or Deathmatch fans got to know them all those years ago. Yeah, now look at them. They're they're back. Oh, they're back in the fold. And I, I, a thousand-person crowd at StarCast. At Rich I, I didn't feel bad that they didn't get as much of a pop as maybe others did, but I'm just like, well, that happened to Gage too at the you know the GCW invasion. Just a different crowd out there, you know. It is a different crowd, but I was just like, you know, Seagull Play have worked so hard to get back here. Well, you know what, Lauren? Now they'll know. Now they'll know. I hope. I hope everybody knows. I yeah. hope the Briscoes know. I hope those get them receipts. Let's get your take on Blake Christian getting a little ultra violent. I loved it. I, this is. Blake is one of those guys who I've really appreciated for the longest time. I, I appreciate the evolution of Blake. And I mean, he he's always kind of hinted that he'd do some kind of hardcore match, but I didn't expect him to go that hardcore with the broken glass, with the Mox really gave him a hell of a, a ride. And I mean, I know there were people out there that wanted to see a tile change here, but I have my own thoughts that I'm not going to say on air because I think people would really get riled up by it. But John Moxley loves working GCW. He, he, he likes being there. And I think people kind of miss that. And Bro, I have the same opinion. I guarantee we have the same opinion and I don't care. Well, we'll have, we'll, we'll have the discussion later. We'll have the discussion later. You're absolutely right. And you should just say it. <laughs> I mean, John Moxley is going to, he, you will have to drag an arm and a leg for him to drop that belt. Yeah. And he's a beast. I mean, hell, he the next day he did that match with Al Desperado in New Japan that was he basically another, yeah. Which was basically a death match without saying it was a death match. It was a they had can boards. Cut can boards. They had cut can boards. They had crosses with Barbar like Kasai. Uh, I mean, mind you, I think people kind of forgot that Al Desperado, one of his biggest inspirations in wrestling was June Kasai. And he's wrestling him uh, at the end of the year, I believe. Is it the end of the year? Okay. Yeah. Uh, And like, I don't know what promotion. um, It might be AJPW. I don't know. They've done a full on death match in all Japan, and people forget about that too. Yeah. Kasai won the Gora TV title there last year. Yeah, he did. Go, bro. Um, but yeah, pretty much. I mean, Mox is the guy. I mean, he's AEW champion, he's GCW champion. I mean, it's gonna take a lot, but I will say, I'm very excited to see how Mox deals with Effie. I just gotta say, it. that is gonna be. I literally tweeted out, I cannot wait for Mox to be absolutely bewildered out of his mind versus Effie for like 15 minutes. I heard some like chatter about this. People like, oh, I was expecting like something, you know, Gage or, or someone else. And no. Effie will go all out and he's going to shock everyone and take it to an, another level. Effie has shocked people before. This is nothing new. He's going to kill it, dude. It's going to be, I think it has the potential to be as shocking as uh, 
as, as the homecoming match last year, dare I say, I think he's going to yeah. kill it. So I'm pumped yeah. for this. Uh, yeah. And I mean, looking ahead as well to homecoming, we got Cologne, Rena. Hopefully, Rena gets past her COVID stint um, and makes it for that match. Sawyer, Rec versus Rena Yamashita is going to happen. Team Sawyer, baby. Let's go. Team Rena, baby. Let's go. I know. That, that is a tough one for me because I'm like, I love both these women. So um, really good stuff there. Um, Maki, Ito, title. Maki Ito is going to be in town. That's crazy yeah. to me. I kind of wanted to see Maki Ito versus Cologne for shits and giggles, man. Oh, I don't geez, know that would have been so great. Um, just be like Nick Gage, be like, what the fuck are you doing, Maki Ito? MDK, Ito. are you MDK like me, Maki? Dude, I always think of Ryuji when we say Ito. Ito Chan. Ito. We also um, have. Um, a Atlantic City special of John Wayne Murdoch versus Matt Tremont. Yeah, that's going to be good. So it was in four, um, Stephen A pointed out that he wasn't sure the last time this match happened. And I do remember. So John Wayne Murdoch, Matt Tremont, mind you, was one of the King of the Death match finals, which Tremont won. Man, that was but lot. also, since this was apparently for those who are uninformed, the collective weekend in 2020 in Indianapolis, Indiana, IWA Mid-South ran in Germantown that same weekend, and Matt Tremont versus John Wayne Murdoch happened there to a chair riot at IWA Mid-South. This was the night, I believe this was the night after Tremont had lost to Cologne at the collective. It was either before or after, but it was that same weekend, so... Just for those of you who were unaware of the last time these two had faced off, it has been a good few years. Mm-hmm. So just for all you um, people who didn't know, because everyone was like, oh, when was this? This is the first time ever. This is not first time ever, but it, they do have history. And um, Tremont and Murdoch very much know each other. So it'll be an interesting one with that. So you know the last time Gage and uh Murdoch fought ICW no holds barred I believe it was volume two okay because I think or no it was volume three it was it was volume three in GCW I mean in GCW I mean it had to have been 2018 or so red equals green at the compound like wow oh wow it's been that long it's been yeah yeah I mean and uh he came out um for TOS when he confronted the legend in the same wearing a Nick Gage shirt, the same one that uh, Gage wore in their last encounter at Red Equals Green. It was cool. wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, oh, the Murdoch one. Yeah, Murdoch came out with a Gage shirt at for, the at TOS. Yeah, and it was this, it was uh, the one that Gage was wearing during their match. Oh my goodness! Wow, yeah. that is that is attention to detail, my friend. Yeah, it's my weird brain. <laughs> I will be at homecoming. Lauren will be at ICW. Yes. Um, so. um, oh, I'll also be at Art of War Games as well. Okay. I will um, be fan, hopefully. Yeah, I, I know. Um, but yeah, um, couple no, friends pro- I heard are going. If, if we if we really want to, if we really want to look ahead, I'll be at NGI in November. I'm, I'm coming to that. Fuck it. You're coming. I'm 
yeah, I gotta make it out. We have we time. have recorded documentation yeah. that Mike Sorvino wants to come to NGI. Yeah, I, I do. I want to bring this. So does Justin. Justin wants to come too. So hey, y'all yeah. have y'all have the hospitality that I'll give. So mm-hmm. um, there, you guys heard it first. If if NGI does happen in Chicago, which probably will again, and I know Brett loves one Midwest Death Match tournament, one East Coast tournament. So yeah, um, there you guys have it. That is. A lot to dissect, a lot to listen to. Um, so any last thoughts from you, Mike? Um, yeah, I, I just got to give a shout out to Eric Dillinger. I think uh, he did a really excellent job, and I was very impressed with his wrestling ability, his athleticism, his uh, fitness, his strength, and his like willingness to take crazy, crazy moves and, and stand up to you know people that have a lot of experience. So I'm looking forward to seeing maybe more of him uh, in my neck of the woods, hopefully. So yeah. Congrats, Eric, on the win uh, from your dose of death. Yeah. I mean, big congrats. Um, The other thing I want to point out, um, um, give a shout out to Cole Radrick, who um, is won the ultraviolet or not the ultraviolet, the extreme belt, but he was in a really bad car accident. Um, Go donate um, however you can um on my instagram page there's a post today that has all the uh tags for his payment methods that he mm-hmm. accepts. awesome um so i'll definitely be donating a little bit to that as well um but also yeah i mean cole was a great um great to be around i was actually with him at um, second wrestling in um, my neck of the woods he was wrestling dan the dad and uh but no i bought him a beer and uh, we just kind of talked for a little bit and i um he will be donning a your dose of death podcast shirt when he comes for second city summit so um, be on the lookout for that um so yeah give a shout out to cole radrick um bless the fact that he's still alive and well because that car accident could have been so much worse and he was able to walk away um just and life is precious man life is really precious i know we love watching guys getting semi impaled by glass and other forms of weaponry but um we only have one life to live and you never know when it's going to be over. So, um, yeah. God bless the fact that Cole Radrick is alive and well, and still able to do what he does for our entertainment. So, um, yeah, I gotta give a shout out to him. So I think that's really a good place to cap off. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. There was a lot to digest. Um, make sure you hit me up at, um, Lauren YDOD. L-O-R-E-N-Y-D-O-D on Twitter. Make sure you have Mike Servino at Kings Road Wrestling on Instagram. Uh, make sure you buy the merch. Make sure you buy Kings Road merch. Make sure you buy your death merch, which is on death match, death match worldwide. Oh, my God. Um, so um, that is all we got for you guys. So from Mike Servino, from yours truly, have a good rest of your night, guys. This has been a Countout Podcast.